detective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again. Very early Denzel Washington this time, Jared. Mm. Very hard to find this one. 1991's Ricochet. Yep. Now, we don't have a lot to cover, although I will mention the fact that we watched a Bigfoot film <laughs> earlier on today called Abominable. Yes. Well, I guess a Yeti film. Yep. Possibly one of the worst movies we've seen. Don't. I think. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend you seek it out. Yeah, it was a 70 minute picture that did not, did not, was not well made. And that's, I think that I'll leave it there. Yeah. And it didn't excite me much. We also, because we were on a bit of a tear of Bigfoot related <laughs> products, I blame you. We came time. across a documentary called Bigfoot versus Yeti. It's a stretch to call it that, isn't it? Yeah, well... What was it documenting? <laughs> a, a, lack, a severe lack of evidence? <laughs> it was just a fucking shit show from the minute it started. <laughs> like, I, look, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to poo-poo somebody who puts a little evidence on the table. No. Right? Now, Bigfoot and the Yeti... According to this documentary, extremely, extremely private characters that don't like yeah, to be yeah. seen often. Well, we've we've we heard that big that Yeti. I mean, speaking basically as fact, that Yeti would tend to be pretty quick. <laughs> but then we were also advised. Yeah, there was a project that set up uh, a number of cameras that were recording all the time, and the the Yeti proved to kind of. Be so uh, elusive. Be so elusive that they weren't able to capture anything on those on cameras. those cameras. So, so that's how, but that must be the evidence of how quick they are. They're so quick that you can't catch them on the camera. But look, I, look she fell over for me when we started mentioning that perhaps Bigfoot could travel between dimensions. <laughs> I mean, I, I need to see something first. I need you to prove. Well, I'll tell you what I need you to prove. That the fucking thing exists. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. Because, it, 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 yeah, you're coming from a base of, we don't even know if it actually exists, and you've got very little evidence to say that it does. Yeah. And then you're saying into dimensional travel. Well, it's all on, well, it's all on, okay, most of the people talking there seem to have had personal experience that they believe they encountered something, okay? But none of them had anything other than this is what I saw, other than the bloke that had a thermal photo that was very difficult to sort of yeah. make out. But then nothing else was presented. And I don't know, that's just whether because it was a tubey production that couldn't really <laughs> <laughs> couldn't really pay people to be borrowing their footage. But to me, you've got a number of issues, right? Going to Bigfoot being able to teleport... <laughs> Was kind of like a last ditch effort. I think they were they were going for either yeah. that or they were taking the piss. I'm not. Well, I guess the project was a bit of fun in some ways, but you can't fucking talk like it's fact if you got. That was my my thing. Is like we're talking like this is fact, but you're not showing anything other than animations that I swear to God were used the same little animations were used about twenty five times. Mm. So. Oh dear. Where's my proof? No, yeah, I need I, mean, I need to see I need to see Yeti out of the blocks. 
for you to tell me they're pretty quick. Well, I'm not taking your word on that. I need something. <laughs> like anything. Yeah, yeah. And they keep coming back to the footprints. Yeah. As being the evidence and the sounds. Which, by the way, the sounds could be made by a human. Yeah. Like they were not vastly different, but they couldn't have been made by a human. No. So there's a lot there that's problematic. Yeah. With that. Why we were watching it? Good question. <laughs> because, because I said, have a look at this. And you said, oh, hang on. We've got to fucking press play on that for a little while. We hung in because we thought they might sort of throw us a couple of, like, grainy, bit of grainy footage or something yeah. that we might be able to kind of, you know. Yeah, we got... We got fucking nothing in that department. So that's all we've been watching at the moment and probably best left not to be discussed, I think. Yep. All right, let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 1991's Ricochet. Seven years ago, Nick Styles put him away for life. Austin, you made me famous. Now he's watching. I got things to live for. And waiting. Somebody's laughing. I can hear it in my blood. For revenge. Now we're even. Is that it? We're not even close. Come on! Denzel Washington, John Lithgow, Ice T. Ricochet, rated R. Starts Friday, October 4th at a theater near you. Ricochet from 1991, directed by Australian veteran, action veteran, Russell Mulcahy, who directed Razorback. It's written by Fred Decker, who wrote The Monster Squad. A gentleman by the name of uh, Manuo Munez, he put the story together. I think Decker was story as well. Yeah, so was Decker. Uh, and this guy's actually uh, nominated for an Oscar here. He wrote um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Mm. So, tidy uh, details there. And the screenplay was by Stephen E. D'Souza, who, was, who wrote Die Hard. Stars Denzel Washington as Nick Stiles, John Lithgow as Earl Talbot Blake, Ice-T as Odessa, and Kevin Pollock as Larry Doyle. The budget was, I don't know. I couldn't find any information about that. Mm. And the box office was $21 million. Now, Denzel worked out for three hours a day, six days a week for four months so as to not look out of shape for his shirtless scenes. Yeah, he was looking fine there, mate. Yeah, he was looking, he was all, looking right. all right. He's, 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 he's clearly, clearly the work paid off. Yeah, clearly. All right. What are your thoughts, Jerry? Ricochet. So it was a little off the wall <laughs> in places. <laughs> Denzel and John Lithgow is where you is where your bread's getting buttered on this one. Yeah. Like, they are both worth worth the price, although Lithgow has some very seedy lines. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a feature. But yeah, I, like you imagine this movie with without those two. And she's nowhere near as good, I don't think. Russell Mulcahy's, as usual, style in the place of fucking explaining anything <laughs> to any reasonable level. <laughs> um, but that's okay. That works for the most part. 
But all in all, I think it goes too far off the rails at the end. So I ended at a two and a half. Yeah, I think two and a half's about the right way to go. It, early on, it's actually, you know, you feel like you're getting something... I wasn't going to say a surprise, but I was kind of like, this is a little bit better than I remember. Yeah, it's not bad. Denzel is fantastic. John Lithgow is fantastic. I agree with you. If, if those two are not in it, then you've got some real problems. But they bring a little bit of gravitas to a otherwise pretty sort of, you know, by-the-numbers actioner. But then kind of... But, but it sort of lunges between exciting sort of action moments and fucking head-scratching stuff that's way over the top. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, I couldn't quite get my head around. There's one in, scene in particular that I'll talk about in the dislikes where I was just like, where did this come from? Lithgow's scheme is almost sore-like in its It is. It's <laughs> intricate. It's and intricate. by the end of it. But. There's no doubt about that. But I will say this. It's entertaining. It is, yeah. And that's, you know, it moves at a reasonable clip. So two and a half sounds pretty good. Likes. Excellent cast. Yeah. Denzel, John Lithgow, Kevin Pollock, Ice-T, John Amos, Lindsay Wagner. All just, All solid. You know, all professional enough, enough to give you something. Denzel and Kevin, uh, John Lithgow stand out as the main two, yeah. but they give it. They give you elevated performances too. Yeah, I mean, as we said, Lithgow is off off the planet at particular points, <laughs> but in terms of what he's bringing as a villain, he tosses a couple of scenes in there where it's like, yeah, this is why you get this guy. Yeah. Just a little, just a look here and there, or a yeah. fucking creepy kind of. Or knows when to, you know, when he, he he's allowed to kind of simmer it down in a couple of, couple of scenes. Yeah. And he really ups the menace of the whole, the character. In fact, they're the key moments. Yeah. These With are nothing the better moments. more than his performance, really. Yeah. I don't think it's you know the writing is still he's a little bit crazy and whatnot, but. Just the way that Lithgow kind of is allowed to, to bring a couple of those moments into it, it makes a big difference. Yes, correct. Young Denzel, charming the pants off everybody. Everyone. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I mean, the scene at the start, in anybody else's hands, that woman's going, get the fuck away from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Denzel charms and... Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody. Works out, a, works out a date and then ends up... There's two or three of her friends in a car behind that seem, by the end of the scene, seem to be looking at Denzel kind of swooning themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're basically like, fucking, if you're not taking the date, I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I actually did, I actually did like the way he does the whole giving her a ticket. Yeah, gives her a ticket. Because she kind of says, to, you know, come and talk to me at this time if you want to try to get out of the, yeah. you know. And he of, initially asked her on a date, eight o'clock, and she says, nah. And so he then pulls in the police, kind of, you know, because he's a cop. Yeah, yeah. He sort of pulls the whole, oh, well, you know, you, you need to get a ticket. But he manages to, to do it in a fashion that that doesn't come off as fucking weird and creepy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It comes off as, I mean, I was sitting there thinking, well, all right, well, she doesn't come. I might yeah. turn up for a beer I or two. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I may be there. <laughs> <laughs> If I've got nothing else on, <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, very charming guy, really good actor. 
Like, I mean, we're not telling anyone anything that everyone doesn't already fucking know. No, but I think sometimes you forget about... Because, you know, his peak stuff, the stuff that we, we, we kind of tend to gravitate more to is a little bit older Denzel. Yeah. But this is... You know, this is a young Denzel. This is a young bull. With all the charm still yes. still kind of there. Yes. The only thing that would, you know, he does, he too goes off the rails in a couple of, <laughs> couple yeah. of scenes. I mean, I can't take points off him for that. It just seems like Russell Mulcahy just requires <laughs> you to do that at some point in your movie. Um, and Stephen D'Souza can be blamed yeah, well, for that too. Oh, Steve doesn't. By this stage, he started to fucking lose his mind too because yeah. he then trotted out fucking Street Fighter not long after. Yeah, yeah. But Denzel is very charming and he's very, very good in this role in a sense that we also didn't see, we hadn't seen this from a young Denzel. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. we didn't really see Denzel come into play until. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck, after Glory. Yeah. Even, you know, I forget anything that came before that. Yeah. And I think he wishes to forget heart condition. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I'll but, tell you what, though. I mean, we spoke about Gary Gary Busey setting, setting someone's panties on fire. I mean, Gazza Busey, is, is a, he's lighting a match compared to Denzel's fucking... Denzel's a, a, a bushfire. <laughs> Denzel's fucking flamethrower. <laughs> Like, I'm not joking. Uh, you know, as I said to you, I think Busey mentioned setting your mother's panties on fire. Well, Denzel's setting yours, your mother's, and your grandmother's panties on fire. And, you know, in, in certain circumstances, your grandfather's too. Like, <laughs> everyone, yeah, exactly. Everyone's panties are just going exactly. <laughs> Fuck. That guy has got a lot, put a lot of fucking fires out. Not... <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Like, yeah. And this is the thing. This is the charm of the guy. You pointed out, he's in, in, the, in, in the less capable hands, handing her a ticket as almost like not taking no for an answer yeah, yeah. can be seen as very creepy. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's played as like he's kind of won her over yes. already. She kind of wants to accept it the first time, yeah, but she doesn't because she wants then, to. Yeah, so. Doesn't want to make it so easy for him. It's, it's kind of, um, yeah, like I said, it doesn't come off like that at all. It just comes off like she's pretty much accepted the date, and but says, "Oh," and then he goes, "Well, I'm just going to have to write you a ticket, and you can turn up at eight and yeah, argue argue your way out of it if you want to." Like it's just, yeah, it's a nice way of doing it. Yeah, I think clear. The opening shootout, pretty solid. Yeah, uh, and good. I and I like the whole Denzel. The, when he talks him through, you know, initially he says, you know, don't move, you're, you're carrying a certain type of shotgun, you know, yeah, it's yeah. going to take you this long to pump the slide yep. to, to put another round in, and by that stage I'll have shot you in the fucking head. And this is where we start to, you know, we're still holding on, but the, the fingers start to slip a little bit when Denzel starts kind of undressing. Yeah. Johnny Lithgow starts yelling out things like, back off, donut! <laughs> 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 we start to see the fingers just kind of slipping. <laughs> That's right, we got about that. Yeah, like, I'll be back in the office eating donuts. Well, back off donuts. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit. That's a bit strange. We start to see. We start to miss a little bit there. Yeah. But I like that sequence. Look, also, it and also Denzel, you know, starting to get into some of the story specifics. 
when he fires, he kind of does it behind the backhand. Like, I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's not a fucking classic sort of shooting effort, no. is it? But also, I also don't quite understand why we stripped down to our fucking jocks. Well, you know, just showing. I've got nothing else on me. Yeah, I know, but Christ. But he didn't ask. He didn't ask if you had anything else on him. No, no. So what are you doing? Denzel just knew, hey, look, I'm a chance of setting his panties on fire. Yeah, exactly. Having this go (laughs) down. This go fucking loosened up. (laughs) Denzel was talking and he was like, oh, shit. Man, he's magnetic. Yeah, he's magnetic, <laughs> all right. Fuck. <laughs> Anything that was metal was fucking stuck to the guy. But it's a nice, it's nicely played scene. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it's pretty tense, and it's got, it's pretty well written. Yeah, which I like. And look, I'm going to bring this up, and I, I didn't really want to, but there's, there's a sequence after this where the fucking DA, the female DA, goes straight into the men's locker room. Yeah. To congratulate Denzel, who's just sitting around the nick. Yep. And as he gets up to cover himself via the world's biggest fucking locker door, yeah. I think you see his cock. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's fleeting, but I think that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was, a, yeah. It was there briefly? It was briefly oh, there. Had the nightstick out? And again. Again, it's one of those fucking things that they have in these movies where she walks straight in, no questions asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there'd be half a dozen guys standing around with their fucking old fellas out. <laughs> it's a yeah. men's locker room. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the times, Jared, the times. We wouldn't be getting this sort of stuff in today's film. No, no. Now, the prison escape. Mm. Lithgow escaping prison... Yep. As, as unbelievable and incredibly stupid as that entire thing is, it's kind of well done. It's exciting. Exciting, competently directed, nicely done. Yeah. I think the paper's over some of the fact that it's so dopey. Oh, yeah, there's some silly things going on, which we'll, we'll get into. I mean, fuck. But the, the, the sequence itself, when it gets going, it's just pretty brisk. It's, it's pretty... Exciting in the sense that you know when they're when they're coming out, you you got people getting in the way. You've got them. Will the cops jump on? Like will the yeah, guards yeah. jump on them? Do they and know? You that? know, it's we always know pretty much where the, where it's going to go in a situation like this. But regardless, it was it was fun to watch. Yes, so, and I think it just papers over the fact that it, it seems really dopey. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now we talked about John Lithgow and his his performance and going a little bit quieter. Yeah. There's a section in the centre of the film where he actually turns up at Denzel's place. Yeah. His home while the they're out and the babysitter's got the kids. Yeah. And he downplays the the crazy. Yeah. And he starts to kind well, of he starts with home. acting normal to win the kids over and stuff. And then in the midst of that, there's a little bit of kind of just a kind of seething rage. And he tells a story or something in the middle of it to the kids. Yeah, yeah. That's not quite. It's sort of going back into where he came from, and you know, yeah, the fact yeah. That he's upset that he carries one of the kids upstairs while she's asleep. You know, and you're thinking, oh shit, we're gonna have a real problem here. Mm. 
So it builds that momentum that he can get at Denzel anytime he wants. And so he doesn't do anything then other than make a point. Yeah. That I was in your home. Yeah. And when it, you weren't here. And it leads to the little switch of that he actually didn't, you know, he just left the kids and, as you said, left the kind of message there that, hey, I was there and that's how easy it was for me. But then he goes to do the fucking robbery, which starts to put his fucking plan in place. Again, talk about hairbrain scams. Oh. <laughs> but that's the best best he does in the movie, I think. Yeah. That is the best. That's the scariest he is in the movie. And, yeah, it's, he, it's very creepy the way that he, the way that he kind of interacts through that scene. Yeah, but coming to his, his hairbrain scheme... And as elaborate and sort of highly unlikely it would be that, to actually get this to happen. Mm. But it, I kind of like that he kind of sets him up. Yeah. Take, take a fall. Yep. I, I think that that's, that's, it's not your classic angle. No. In an action film. I mean, it's been done, but... It has, but it's because this is kind of action thriller. It kind of separates it a little bit from your standard kind of revenge. Yes. He wants to get revenge, but he wants to do it in a way that is different from the norm, which would be to kill him. Yeah. Okay? So he wants to take him in take his basically his whole life away from him by setting him up. That comes with a cut a price because unfortunately a fair bit of it I mean you can't get away with it. No. And there'd be enough you're there. supposed to buy uh, you know I'll hold on that, but yeah, it's there's too much there. There's too much going on for that. And the other good part about that is that the setting him up to take the fall turns everyone against him, like everyone from his wife to his colleagues to the DA to everyone turns against him. Yeah, and he becomes kind of paranoid. His wife, all right. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't want to Jesus Christ. Well, yeah. fuck, mate. If I <laughs> If my husband was spouting the shit that he was spouting at one point, I'd be like, well, fucking see you later. Yeah, yeah. We're getting divorced. Uh, yep. I also enjoyed Denzel's um, performance of fucking one hit of drugs. Yeah. Where he goes from the cleanest cut bloke you've ever met in your life to kind of leaning over that bed going, oh, yeah. <laughs> It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he sort of he goes a bit overboard with the gun. We goes to being drugged up. Yeah, yeah. I actually like the sequence where he realizes that Lithgow's been in his house via mm. the tape. Yep. And then he charges down to the park and he's fucking crackers, <laughs> gun in hand. You know, attacks the clown guy. Yeah, yeah. And that's where we really start to see, well, he's clearly now losing the plot. Yeah, and this is where Denzel goes full Mulcahy. He yeah, kind yeah. of starts, you know, ranting and raving. Russell's going, Denzel, going, bigger, mate, oh, bigger. Every time he's on the screen, someone says one word or one or two words to Denzel and he just fucking goes on it. He's just going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. It's like, you're, you're supposed to... Be trying to tell these people, you've got to believe me, I wasn't drugged, but you look like you are Rick James at the moment. <laughs> like, you kind of just firing <laughs> off a million miles an hour. You're like, listen to me, I'm innocent. They're fucking <laughs> rambling like a fucking moron. 
the, the reason why I like that is I just find, kind of feel like it, it starts the breakdown mm. of him. Yeah, yeah. And, and it does it in a public. It does it in a public sphere. Like, yeah. So it's instead of trying to sort of show that Denzel is he's a you know he's a he's a stand up guy and and you know he he doesn't cave to the pressure of this. It's kind of he does. He he just caves to the pressure and starts going. Yeah. Insane, basically. And I mean, they've set up that this is... This is the man of the millennium. <laughs> or the man of the 90s at this stage. Man of the 90s, yeah. He goes from a uh, beat cop who happens to be studying and getting A's. He's already told us that he fucking wrote an essay on this and got an A for it or whatever. That's to, one of his fucking, you know, pick-up lines, yeah, basically. Yeah. So he goes from beat cop to detective and then immediately... Upon graduating, gets into the fucking DA's office. The assistant well, DA, doesn't he? Well, yeah. No, no. I think there's a there's a time lapse. There's, like a, there's a time years, lapse. But it's like four or five years. That's still a fair old career progression. In I four know. Or five years. I mean, you'd be struggling to graduate in that time if you're working working as a cop, and then you get bumped up to detective, right? At what time are you attending lectures? <laughs> Oh, you're doing them online in 1991. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. You've got yeah. no time to do anything. And again, I don't know a lot about the legal system, but my understanding is it takes a fair old time to be starting to be considered for a DA's position, especially in Los Angeles. Yeah. Big town. <laughs> you've been working a lot. I understand they explain it away with, oh, this guy's the best press you've had in... Years, but then you're not in the police department anymore. The DA's office needs good press too, do they? Well, this is the problem with some of that, is that that's far too much for anyone to get done, right? Yeah. Even if you, you're adding the five-year stretch, okay? Couldn't you have just made him a very high-profile police? Yeah, like a, he becomes a police captain career, or something. Would have just continued the career track that he was on. But see, is the I mean, DA... this man is the Bo Jackson of the fucking legal system. I know. He's playing baseball and football at a very high <laughs> level. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely Bo Jackson. <laughs> the but... justice system, I should say. Oh, yeah, he's just smashing it. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm not quite sure why he had to become the DA or the assistant DA. Like, why not become the captain of the fucking police force or whatever? Yeah. It's, it doesn't really matter what he's doing. Earl Talbot Blake's vendetta against him has no bearing on him being the assistant DA. Is that right? Not really. He gets canned. Or, yeah, no, you know, they're, they're never, well, he never really gets... He does get canned, but he's still fucking going into the office. Oh, he's still paying. For like, he's still damn lift <laughs> yeah, well, You're too good looking to fucking brush yeah. completely off so the books. Like, we would find you. We might always, you know, there's always a time where we might need some good press. Yeah, we might need a bit of good press. And quite frankly, we're going to bury you <laughs> at the back. But we're keeping you in, on the books. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't really... I, I think you, the, the movie could have worked without him being a DA. Really, it only plays in when he has that, that, that sequence where he kind of wins the jury over. Yeah. Yeah. And Couldn't he have done that from the stand? The telethon or whatever he's running. The telethon. Yeah, but at that point, he's, he's, they're tracking him. I guess that's where it is, right? They're tracking him on the politician path, so it's yes. easier to go to the DA. Yeah. And also the whole thing about the park. Yeah. Yep. The kids' park. 
Yep. So I guess it is kind of necessary to some extent. I'm just not quite sure how much. Well, it's one of the it's one of the easiest things to things to believe in the movie <laughs> that he could go from rookie, like beat cop to detective to assistant to lawyer to assistant DA in the space of about four years. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll let him have that. He's fucking Denzel Washington, I guess. He's talked a few times. Denzel turns up at the interview and he kind of just starts with that shit that he's talking when he's trying to win dates. He just gives a little bit of this. And, and it's, yeah. when can you start? <laughs> okay, You're definitely in. Yeah. The giant explosion of the building? Mulcahy. Mulcahy of the 90s. That's, that's what you want. Big, yeah. loud, over-fucking-edited. Like, yeah. There is so many different camera angles and they... It re- I mean, the explosion occurs three times. Yeah, but she's pretty fucking spectacular. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. I've got a dislike to how what Denzel oh. is doing up on the roof and how he gets down. Yeah, yeah there's a lot to come. <laughs> there. There's a bit to come there, but yeah, I think we actually passed over. I actually really like the uh, scene where he walks into Odessa's joint. Yeah, with and the... he's talking. He's talking. You know, in amongst. He's on enemy territory, and he's in amongst fucking you know, dozens of people and he's talking like he's running the joint and you yeah. fucking believe that he's the kind of guy that could get away with that shit. Yeah. yeah you I get a little bit whole, of... Um, you, hand grenade and everything. Yeah. You get a hint of fucking training day bad guy Denzel there. Yes. Like just fucking talking it and just... I'm king shit. Yeah, and I'll, do, I'll, I'll do this. Will you? Like... And it, anyone he looks at just is like, no, I, I won't. I'm fucking folding. I'm putting my hand in now. You win. Like, yeah, I did dig that too. Yeah, because it kind of showcases that he is, he can be difficult. Mm. I guess a, t- a tougher nut to crack. Aside from the fact that at this point he's, um, I believe at that point he's in the assistant DA's position, so he shouldn't be walking around with fucking hand grenades. But oh well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he's just a is allowed to carry one hand grenade. Yeah, I, I guess this is a man who fucking stashes flares under his kitchen sink, so who knows what else fucking he's got. Fucking what is that about? <laughs> who the fuck? You've got young kids. No, I know. You do realise you just strike the top of them and they come alive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's a like like childproof cap on them. It's a box that appears to be holding, you know, 10 to 20 of the things. I mean, shit. The kids have gotten into them. I've got time. a question. What do you need them for <laughs> <laughs> in the day-to-day? Well, what kind case, of household? What are they for? Just in case you call the cops to your suburban re- residence and they can't find you by street address, you need to fucking set off a flare and make sure they go to the right place. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Jesus, Denzel. That's way too many flares. Yeah. The finale on the towers is actually pretty decent. As yeah. silly as what some of that shit gets while we get up there. Yeah, it gets very silly. But if you're watching it on mute, it looks great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mulcahy shoots beautifully. Yeah. He's moving around. He's loving it. Yeah. Denzel gets his arm shoved onto the onto a spike, which I thought was really cool. Then he removes it himself, and then you know the whole Lithgow gets electrocuted and falls and lands yeah. onto the spikes as well. And that's where you get the positive of what Mulcahy does. Is you you kind of 
most of those kind of sequences in the film, you get something out of. You get a bit of a buzz, a bit of a jolt. And yeah, and there's that kind of um, entertainment value is coming yeah. in, right? And I would so, say, you know, during those... During those sequences, it was almost like I was experiencing the quickening sitting on the couch there at it. <laughs> I imagine it's, it's a similar feeling. Yeah, it's a similar, similar feeling where I sit there and go, what the fuck going on here? <laughs> so, very entertaining, but yeah, super I, over the top. I've kind of gone numb. I, can't really, I don't really know what's going on. But there's a strange tingling sensation in my body, and I'm just fucking... I don't know how to take it. Yeah, I that's assume right. that's what the quickening feels oh, very like. Very much so. Very much so. Uh, that's all I had in the likes. Did you have anything further? No. All right. I have covered everything that I wanted to cover there. Okay, the dislikes. Lithgow has a couple of shithouse lines. Like, and, and I know they're trying to make him kind of bad, a bad, bad guy. Mm-hmm. But even by those standards, it's too much. I mean, a couple of the lines are there to sort of... They're clearly there to kind of separate him. Like, make him a little bit of a different villain. Yes. But some of them come off as, oh, Jesus, you know... (laughs) Why didn't you turn up and say, I'm not going to say that? (laughs) You know, especially when they're talking... The first comments about the, the girl that he's going to shoot. Yes. The hostage that he has at the start. And he says really about, fucking... Don't make me shoot her bag. in the head or her boyfriend will need a paper bag to put over it when he's fucking her. Yeah. It's like... No. Nah. No. Nah. This is... A, this. We don't need We're to go... At this level, we don't necessarily need to go that out too far. Yeah. We know what we need is shut up, donuts. Yeah, yeah exactly. we need more of that. I mean, Lithgow's the fucking. What did Dave Chappelle call it? He's the fucking habitual. There's a line. He's habitual line stepper. <laughs> because you're he rolls something else out a bit later. Flossing it, flossing Oh, yeah, good to see you cleaning your teeth or whatever. And yeah. I yeah, flossed as well with your mum's pubic hair. Like. <laughs> I mean, that one was a little. There was a little comedic aspect to it, but again. <laughs> it's not really a sick but not really what we need to hear yeah. in this context. Yeah, so I, I mean, so I, I don't know who to blame for that. Is it D'Souza? Oh, I definitely blame D'Souza. Yeah. I feel like, because this has got that macho kind of shit written all over it. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. which is what his bread and butter was, the Joel Silver production. You know, this is what they were doing back mm. then. Yeah. Denzel dunking. Yeah. I mean, I believe Denzel can play ball. I believe Denzel could 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 shoot some hoops. I yeah. think he's he's looks, and the thing is, he looks capable enough as it is. It seemed like the only reason we had a body double was so we could show show someone that was dunking on people. I don't believe it anyway. Yeah, and why does it have to be? He can still yeah school these guys. Yeah, I don't know when we we got to the point that it you know, and I think it comes from the people shooting it. I mean, I don't. Uh, Russell's well, okay, he doesn't strike me as a basketball <laughs> fan, but it seems to come from the understanding of the, the, the angle of someone who doesn't know much about the sport. So, why don't you ask someone? Why don't you say, How can we make Denzel look really I've good got at basketball? I look at him and I say, Well, he looks kind of like you know, point guard size. I mean, the average person can't dunk, 
The average heighted person that plays ball can't dunk. And so... He um, could have just played below the ring. Like, yeah. You know, like he's, he's just he's, a fucking... Because it's, it's all about beating Odessa to the butt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just show him knocking down jumpers all day. Yeah. It kind of looks silly because it's one of those ones where clearly it's not him too. When you clearly not Denzel because he's dunking at one point and we actually freeze framed it. He the bloke is sort of bigger in stature. Yeah. He's more ripped. Yeah. Even though Denzel was working hard, oh, this yeah. bloke's got Denzel was ripped, but this guy had him covered, and he you can just kind of tell he's a bigger body type. Yeah, I thought that sort of took you out of it too. Because I thought um, yeah, I'll pay actually done a pretty good job. Yeah, just with all shoot the... some. Just tell Denzel to play some ball. Yeah, and then we'll just shoot get it. coverage. Shoot it for half an hour. I'm sure Denzel's going to score a few buckets in that time. Like, I just, yeah, I don't I don't understand that mentality. I mean, it's not fucking Team Wolf, but no. it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really work all that well. No, it's not Team Wolf. I believe, was it LeBron that was watching Team Wolf? Not long ago, and started tweeting about who the fuck shot these basketball scenes in table. Now, Denzel and Kevin Pollock are at the county fair. Yeah. Okay? Yep. In uniform. Yep. They walk over to a stall yeah. and proceed to take a beverage and leave. Yeah. All the while, kind of giving the nod to the lady behind the counter you have to pay I was waiting you got to pay for that minimum you get a discount yeah oh, sorry maximum is you get a discount didn't look like a free drink stand to me it looked mm. like a carnival where you're paying for it no you're paying <laughs> exactly. you are paying plus you're a fucking cop yeah you don't want to be seen to be getting gratuities exactly come on Denzel stop fucking pinks and pepsis just fucking pay for the thing get yourself together mate yeah although it was a female behind the stand, so he no, probably just... No, clearly she was hey. just like, oh. <laughs> Jeff, I'll take whatever you want. <laughs> take the till. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had around the same sort of time... Yes. Because this was leading up to the shootout. It's where we first start getting shots of Johnny Lithgow's haircut. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Christopher Walken when Walken plays Max Shrek or whatever in fucking Batman Returns yeah yeah or I um, mean View to a Kill yeah the Max Shrek was kind of like a little kind of long grey hair but this is kind of the short haired yes of... well again he, I think he looks a bit more like Walken in View to a Kill yeah almost buzz cut there's a colour in it yeah it's weird it's not a good look no no and I think Lithgow is the type of guy that can convey loose unit on his face incredibly <laughs> well. I don't think we need his hair. I actually think he could have been, it would have been good to go with a ball. Yeah. John Lithgow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to make him look a bit different. Yeah. And to kind of give that additional menacing touch because it's, you know, you've got the menace on his face, but then he's got no hair. Yeah. So what they decide to do is go the total opposite. And they look like a fucking refugee from. The fucking 80s music video. Yeah, there's a little bit of sting to it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, we also, this is where we also get our first taste of Lithgow's sidekick. Oh, yeah. And he, honestly, he's one of the worst things about the movie. But he's superfluous to yeah, requirements. Totally useless. Just there for the entire movie rambling with just inane shit and again it seems like it's an attempt to make this guy memorable and that he's different he's a bit of dill he's kind of 
there's a hero worship going on with yeah. Lithgow. Oh, you're a genius. You're but I love, the only good, the only time his his presence is required is great. Yeah. Is worthwhile is when Lithgow in the strip club or the fetish club. Finally, sorry, after what? Finally, has to take all sorts of bullshit from this fucking idiot dribbling in his ear. He just turns to him and he goes, "Well, you shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> and I felt like, thank you. Yeah, I was <laughs> thinking, I've been, finally got I've been thinking that since we met the guy. <laughs> but he he seems to be just an excess character. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. Yeah. Maybe it's to try and showcase, well, this is how we set up all this stuff for styles. Yeah, but when did we need to go that to that level of believable? Because nothing else in the movie is remotely <laughs> believable. So, if you're thinking, well, hey, hang on, hang on, I've read the script, and I don't think he could do this on his own. This is a two-man job. And I mean, we really know that's not the case with Jigsaw. Exactly. So, exactly. So I didn't think he needed to be there either. And speaking of things that weren't remotely believable, Jared, he's coming in on fucking John Lithgow and Jesse Ventura dressed up in phone books <laughs> that, that have been gaffer taped to them. So they look like, I don't know, something out of Mad Max. Oh, and, and then they have a fight. There's definitely American gladiators about it, too. Yeah, they have a, a fucking jousting fight with... Where'd they get the steel from? I don't know. I mean... Th- there's knives on the end of them, too. They, yes. they appear to be well attached. Yes, it's very odd. I mean, that's one big cake to have something like that crammed in the middle of it. Yeah. You- Again, kind of entertaining, but it's... Fucking silly as a wheel. Like, it's ridiculous. The question I've got is, I reckon this is... Is this the same prison that Tango and Cash were in? Oh, absolutely. Because remember when Tango and Cash were taken downstairs to the laundry room and they'd take, like, 55 guys? Yeah. Yeah. Similar setup. The prisoners were running the the show. Yeah, and... But as I said, it's entertaining, but it doesn't make for a good film. No, (laughs) no. And it doesn't make a lot of sense in the context of everything other than the fact that he he kills Jesse Ventura. Yeah. He kind of gets street cred or whatever, I guess. Mm. But then they say to him, you you know there's fucking 50 more of us. Yeah. And it's like... I guess it's how he... he charms... He then charms that guy and it's like, well, couldn't you have just done that with Jesse Ventura? He would have been a pretty handy fucking... Pretty handy bloke to have on your side. Or, or it's just that uh, that initial meeting in the cell. Yeah. Where he calls him a cream cake and then beats his head in. Yeah. That you've exactly. already established your your dominance here. Yeah. I mean, right. you could have, you could have just had a punch up with Jesse Ventura. Would have been far less ridiculous. <laughs> just a punch up in the commissary. Yeah. Ventura is on the wrong end of it. Yeah. Ventura comes along and knocks his fucking yeah. food out of his hand. But then Lithgow just kind of. You know, Lithgow uses that to kind of say, do what he does at the end and get him on site. Yeah. We didn't need to be playing fucking American Gladiators to get No, we didn't. No, we didn't. It looked like, I'll tell you what it looked like. It looked like the pilot of American Gladiators. (laughs) (laughs) I swear there was some horseshit. Yeah, there was a pile of horseshit somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, So that, you know, again, takes you a little bit out of it. It does. I guess because it's kind of so silly. Yeah. Yep. Correct. Look, and their escape, Lithgow's escape, why are we giving fucking power tools? To the prisoners. The prisoners. <laughs> With what seems to be two guards on duty, there's a number of prisoners. One of them has a fucking buzzsaw. 
Why do I have a drill? A long drill too. So, not only are we giving prisoners power tools, these guys are in the Aryan Brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, look, I would think, you know, there's an aspect of preparing people for, for life back in society and trying to rehabilitate. Oh, totally understand. But there's a limit to that. Uh, yeah. if, still, if you're in a prison, which seems to be a prison for, based on Lithgow's crimes, American violent criminals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Jared. And as, as I said, with the Aryan Brotherhood, surely they're off the list. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, you're, we, you're we, getting privileges. Yeah, when we come into the office and say, All right, who can we consider for buzzsaw duties? <laughs> uh, let me see. Yep, off the list. Yeah, yeah. Fucking no one. <laughs> we consider no one for buzzsaw duties. I mean, even if it was white-collar crims, they would have sold the buzzsaw yeah. to Whoever's running the show comes to whoever's fucking putting this together and goes, the fucking limit is paint rolls. <laughs> you go any further than that, and the program's fucking shut down. <laughs> when the buzzsaw is required... Give fucking wooden instrument. Yeah, when the buzzsaw is required, the tradies do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The... the, the Prisoners are not able to handle anything that has cutting fucking implements. Yeah. I mean, they I mean, I've heard of cutting corners. I've heard, I've heard of cutting corners, but this is just... <laughs> it's lunacy. Lunacy. But they, they get given plastic forks in the commissary. Yeah. So why would they give them a fucking drill? Oh, well, this is the, you know, the most trustworthy murderer we've got in the, in the unit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? You can, you can just tell the, 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 um, the head warns like, Fuck, mate, we are behind schedule on this uh, this project, this reinvigoration project. <laughs> what are we going to do? Well, we better give some some of the cribs a bit of this shit so they can help us out. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Crazy. We also did not need to see the front cover of Kitty Porn magazines. No. That allegedly his offsider, Denzel's offsider in the DA's office, was into. Yeah, yeah. We can we can sort of say something that insinuates what's in there without fucking giving us the visual. Of it. I mean, obviously it's it's limited, thank fucking Christ. But it's yeah, we just say it, don't we? They make I think they make a couple of other comments about his involvement in this and the Nick's potential involvement in it as well. Yeah. And although I get that, I just I feel like it's probably a, a bit of a seedy way to. To have him done yeah. over. I, yeah, I would feel like it's just, let's avoid that in this type of movie. But also, I would suggest too that why did he have to, like, why couldn't he just be a thief? Yeah, because they go to places where it's like, we quickly move on from that. Well, so a just bit, cut yes. it out completely. Mm. Just cut it out completely. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, just make him. Um, because they, they kind of put it out that perhaps he took the money and stuff like that. Yes. It's like, well, run with that. Because I think that's what they out. were getting at too, wasn't it? Yeah. The yeah. styles are taking the 10 grand. Yep. Which seems to be awfully small potatoes. Oh, absolutely. Like, that's not rebuilding that bloody tower that they're on. You're not rebuilding the bloody thing that Denzel fucking stabs his arm on for yeah. 10 k <laughs> So, it just kind of like... I, I feel like you go more down the thief route. Yeah. That he'd been potentially siphoning funds or something like that. Totally, totally agree. It's easier to get that to happen. 
Of course. That's where, this is where the plan just seems it's fucking scattershot. It's just fucking sh little bits and pieces everywhere. And it's like, well, just focus on that part. Yeah. And it's, it's coming together, right? Like you've got little bits and pieces of that part of the plan that come out. Yeah. That works. Agreed. Yeah. During the midst, of, in the midst of this though, we get the letter, the supposed suicide note, and we get the line, our oh, forensics verify that it was his handwriting. Did they? <laughs> How do we explain that one away? This is also the forensics team that obviously we had the dental records part, but as I said to you, that's not the, that's not the, the only thing they use. No. I get the idea that it's okay, burnt, burnt body, car crash or whatever. But the fella in there seemed to be uh, a lot smaller than Johnny Lithgow. <laughs> Even if, let's say, the body was burnt up to the point, you know, where some of it was gone. Yeah, yeah. So they couldn't work out how tall he was or whatever. Yeah. Does he have any distinguishing marks? Does he yeah, have a tattoo marks. on him? Does Shoe he... size, if his feet are still yeah, intact. Yeah. Like... So Lithgow's a size <coughs> 9 and this guy's a size 12. Yeah. Then how do you explain that? So the forensics team in this unit were just fucking clocked off. Well, they were basically like, yeah, that will do. Yeah, yeah, they've confirmed that. They've said this is his handwriting. I mean, that's hard to do. Does that mean that he held a gun to his head and he wrote it? I yeah, think that was the insinuation. Part of that. That's what yeah, yeah. I think that's where we, we might have landed. But again, like, fuck. <laughs> well, again, this movie doesn't bother to explain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm saying if I'm writing this, it's a suicide note, you're going to kill me. Oh, yeah. You're going to kill me anyway, so I'm not writing it. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're going to hang me from the office in fishnet stockings. Yeah. Which, again, was kind of another unnecessary <laughs> kind of angle Correct. to go with. I mean, that's highly suspicious. Why is he fucking in that to, to do this deed? Yeah. Yeah, we I quite understand that. That's, again, this is where all the fucking craziness starts to ramp up and it doesn't really slow down from that point. It just kind of gets worse. No. That's where fact, we start getting ranting Denzel and... Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. He's, where he's tripping over his words and he's rambling on about this and trying to sort of make a yeah, connection. Yeah. It's also around this point that Lithgow's, Johnny Lithgow's sidekick just shat me to, to the point where it was like, no, there's no way of winning me back. Yeah. When they drug Denzel, is it Denzel? I think it's Denzel yeah. that they drug. And he utters the line, I bet he shit his pants. I can't wait to look. I was just like, what? Who wrote this? Look, <laughs> I can tell you from experience this weekend, Jared, <laughs> that nobody was. <laughs> no, like, like, if I shit myself during whilst being pistol with, after being pistol with, <laughs> Don't check my shorts. Exactly. Because I, you've got a fucking real rude shot coming. Yeah. I, and I mean in the form of kind of, it looks a bit like tar. Yeah, yeah, look. You probably can wait to look. Just That's the only advice we're given from this point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a fucking ridiculous line. It's like, such what, a stupid line. Why would you say that? I don't know. I, and it's just where, like... The ways that they were trying to make this guy quirky and memorable were just so... Like, they just were utter turn-offs, the whole thing. 
similar to what John Lithgow's lines were in a handful of... Yeah, and those, I feel like some of those lines are kind of trying to play this sort of like tough guy menacing yeah. aspect, but they didn't work at all. No. Not at all. This is my last dislike, but he managed just to set fire to a building with his fucking four, his case of bloody road flares and yeah, underneath yeah. the sink. He sets fire to the building. He drops one of the flares down yeah. through. And Odessa's in, in on this plan. Yeah. So he's fucking destroying all his drug-making equipment. <laughs> yeah, and just blowing up his entire fucking business. Yeah. And the explosion looks fantastic. It does. But Denzel falls through the... Like a skylight. And lands in like a laundry chute. <laughs> fucking... What? It is... And it's, you, you have got to hit that mark. It's not it that is, big. It has got to be precise. <laughs> and he hasn't practiced because the roof, he fucking jumps through a window to yeah. get there. It's I, so, it, it, again, it takes you out because it's one too many steps over the top. Yeah. Yeah. And we're already swallowing a hell of a lot of strange shit. Yeah, it's on par with shit like Indy in the fridge and stuff like that. It's like, oh. Yeah. Really? <laughs> like, is that where we're, where we're heading with this? Yeah, we're taking it out of the realms drops. of possibility. He pin drops through a fucking glass skylight. Yeah. And it's, it's, not, like a, it's not like a one pane. It's like one of those... It's a, it's a big skylight. But and he fucking pin drops... He doesn't even right. hang, Jared. No. He doesn't even cut, fall through and hang no, no, and no. try and position himself. He just jumps... No, yeah. And then lands right in the middle of... He goes down the chute like he's in fucking cool runnings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the chute opening is the size of a bread basket. <laughs> yeah. so fuck, good yeah. luck. I, like, it's one of those things where, if, like, you're trying that the first time and you realise, oh, fuck, I hung my arm out too much. Yeah, and I've, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've hurt myself. Busted something. <laughs> it's just too much to take. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would have landed with one leg in, one leg out, and sort of fucking knackered myself. Or yeah, oh, like. <laughs> but yeah, I'd have missed and then been incinerated in the front. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking way too much to take. <laughs> way too much to take. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I think the movie loses its track. Is that it, it is too over the top for its own good. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? It hasn't kind of worked out that you don't need to be this over the top. Yeah, correct. It's just, just from the pure sense, sense of Earl Blake's plan, yep. we need to potentially simplify it. You know, it's too complicated. Yeah, go with some of the quirkier elements or the, or the different elements like the, you know, that he's trying to set him up and, and the way that he does it, but strip back some of the really out there shit. Yeah, agreed. That was all I had. Yes, me too. All right, that was nice and short and sharp. That is Ricochet. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podomatic, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Send us an email, thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com, and Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Keep an eye on the Facebook page for the next film that we cover. But until then, take it easy, everyone, and we'll catch you later. Cheers.
Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.